Hey, what's going on, you guys? This is Shakim Ra, and welcome to another podcast on the Amin Ra Podcast. I'm going to give everybody a shout out for making our podcast go to the top 150 podcasts in the news and commentary section in under 30 days. Thank you so much for listening, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That way, you can get more lectures and more information immediately. So, this particular video is going to be reviewing a study that was done recently, not even, um, I want to say, three days ago. Now, even though this study has not been peer-reviewed yet, it is a very in-depth study done by top scientists, biologists, and virologists um, at several different university institutions, and it's very, very shocking what this study is going to reveal. So, I'm going to, first of all, I'm just going to give you an introduction to the name of the study so you guys can go look this up yourself. So the, the title of this particular study is called Research Suggests Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 Vaccine Reprograms Innate Immune Responses, okay? And this paper is led by Sally Robertson, and it was published May 10, 2021, and it's currently undergoing peer review, but it is available for preprint for free through their website. Now, just to give you a quick story, I sent this article to my aunt, who's a nurse, and who has got the Pfizer shot, and she immediately dismissed it and said, oh, it's not peer-reviewed. Oh, the article says you shouldn't take this uh, too seriously. And I said, okay, well, I'll let you know when it's peer-reviewed because it just came out. It's a preprint. And she was like, oh, no, I'm good on it. I'm good on it. And that's the type of response that you get with people that have had the vaccine that don't want to do any in-depth research because they... They know deep down inside that there is something sinister in these mRNA vaccines, and they know it. And because they cannot deal with the fact that they have made a poor choice in getting this experimental medical procedure because this is not a vaccine. I repeat, this is not a vaccine. This is gene alteration therapy, okay? And it is a synthetic nucleic acid that they are putting into every one of your cells to make them produce billions, if not trillions, of spike proteins, which is very deadly to the cell. Um, as Dr. Judy Mikovits has said many times, any type of free-floating RNA or DNA in the blood is a danger signal to the body. So um, a brief abstract or a brief summary of what this study is going to show, it says researchers in the Netherlands and Germany have warned that Pfizer-BioNTech's coronavirus disease vaccine induces complex reprogramming of innate immune responses that should be considered in the development and the use of mRNA-based vaccines. So this study, the information that they found was so shocking that they are literally basically issuing a warning that these vaccines are not just, you know, introducing a spike protein um, to produce an antibody response, which is what the, the fact checkers like to claim. But this particular vaccine will completely reprogram every immune response innately, as well as your adaptive immune response, which we will talk about in more detail in a moment. Before we get into the study, I just wanna do a quick overview for anybody that may not have already researched this. What is mRNA? So mRNA is a messenger 
to yourselves. It is a code that gives instructions to yourselves, okay? And then it your cells will then transcribe that RNA into a protein. And that is the role of mRNA. It is a messenger. So anytime that somebody is trying to send a message into your genetics, into your cells, into your, your lymphocytes or your, your body, this is gene therapy, okay? Because RNA is literally ribonucleic acid and DNA is deoxyribonucleic acid. So all they did was take the pathogenic part of the virus, the code for that, and put it in your body. So when the body sees this particular code, of course it's going to go crazy. It's not going to know what to do because the body does not process viruses by looking strictly at their RNA code. Usually when you are infected with a pathogen, you have the entire genetic sequence of that particular virus. But they have literally only given you the pathogenic part of the virus. Literally what causes the disease is the spike protein. And the spike protein has been found to cause vascular disease and even the antibodies to the spike protein are harmful. So that's just a quick overview of what mRNA is. mRNA, again, is messenger RNA. And for the longest time, these fact checkers have consistently lied and lied and lied and been paid to lie to try to tell people that this vaccine will not alter your DNA. As recently as, I want to say January, this was an article that I found on WUSA 7. And a person was asking, you know, will these vaccines alter my DNA? And this particular doctor said no. Um, and I quote, I think the real important message here is that there's no manipulation of DNA. There are a lot of claims going around about the coronavirus vaccines, like this tweet of viewer. Sorry. He says, I think the real important message here is that there's no manipulation of DNA. The vaccine doesn't get into our DNA. It doesn't alter our DNA. According to Dr. Moss, all the vaccines do one thing. They promote an immune response to COVID-19. No matter what type, they are all designed to send a genetic code to the body. So do you see the contradiction? You cannot send a genetic code into the body without altering the DNA. It's no way to do it. That genetic code, quote, triggers an immune reaction to fight COVID-19, but at no point does that code change your cells. So they're trying to tell you that if you put a genetic code inside of your cells, it won't change anything. Make it make sense, people. Next, it says, so I think that's a really important message. Dr. Most reiterated, there's no alteration of DNA with any of these vaccines of our own DNA. So no, the vaccines will not change our DNA. Okay, so that is the narrative that they have been running with for the last year or so with these vaccines. They have completely misled the public. They have lied. Um, they have misled people into, into thinking that this will not change their DNA. And they have suppressed the information and the research until today. Until, until, until today. We have the research. We have the science. We have the information that shows without a doubt that the coronavirus spike protein, that's the genetic sequence of the virus, does use several different ways to integrate into the DNA. 
So I'm going to show you that on a news clip, and then I'm going to come back with the rest of my commentary, and we will open up the study. So let me go ahead and play this news clip for you. Just the coronavirus doesn't just hijack our cells. In some cases, it can actually alter our DNA. Our ABC 10 News anchor Derek Stahl is going in depth on what it all means. It all started with patients like Chris Long. After he was hospitalized with COVID in March 2020, the virus just wouldn't go away. I kept developing pneumonia. So every three to four weeks, I would end up back in ICU pumping me full of broad-spectrum antivax. He continued to test positive for the virus again and again and again from March through December, nine months. And this was very puzzling to us. And that's why we thought, could it be that the virus gets integrated into the genome? MIT professor Rudolf Janisch and his colleagues ran some complicated experiments, and they found that in test tubes, our cells can accidentally convert fragments of the coronavirus's RNA into DNA and can save that genetic code to the infected cell's hard drive, the chromosomes. This is the kind of thing HIV does intentionally, but it's not what scientists would expect from this type of virus. Will this be with me for the rest of my life or will this well, die out? It really depends how long the cell survives. So most cells die after infection. So those would not very long live and present. But then there might be cells, and we are looking at this, there might be cells, maybe not in the lung, but in other organs, where the cells don't die. And they could persist for a long time. The researchers have found indirect evidence of this in a small number of tissues taken from patients. And their study caused a huge stir in the scientific community and a lot of questions. Could these DNA changes explain certain long hauler symptoms or autoimmune disease? Could these changes increase the risk of cancer? It sounds scary and maybe it is scary, but I think it's might. It's probably just a big nothing burger. <laughs> UC San Diego virologist Dr. Davy Smith says, hold on, we still don't have direct evidence of this happening in people. And even if it is, there's a good chance it's not a big deal. If this is true, then other RNA viruses do this all the time. So every time that I catch an RNA virus that's a cold or another coronavirus, a regular one that normally is running around, then this process is happening already. He points out about 10% of our entire human genome is made up of the code from ancient viruses passed down through the generations. So there's precedent for this. Professor Yanish agrees this coronavirus probably isn't unique. We're just studying it more closely than any other virus. One thing is for certain, his study is prompting a whole lot more research. Derek Stahl, ABC 10 News. Some people in the anti-vax community have seized on this MIT study as evidence that mRNA vaccines could also alter our DNA. Professor Janich says his study in no way implies that. He himself got an mRNA vaccine. Okay, so, so you guys saw that. Um, again, the propaganda just does not stop with this virus. They continue to try to tell people that these vaccines will not alter your DNA, yet we have comprehensive evidence that this person has tested positive for 9 to 12 months. And we have discovered that the virus integrates into the chromosome of the DNA, just like HIV, because it uses reverse transcriptase, which is what all RNA viruses do. 
and it also can integrate into the linear, the long internucleic elements, which we call lines in our DNA, because like they admitted, most of our viral genome, at least 8% of it, is a virus. So why wouldn't a virus that's already RNA be able to integrate into our genome, which is contained with thousands and thousands of viruses? Make it make sense, people. So now we're going to get into this study, and it's a very interesting study. I may break this up into two parts because I do, um, I wanted to make this a longer show, but um, there's just been so much going on. So with that being said, I'm pulling up the study right now. I got a PDF of it from their website. Like I said, they were generous to give this out for free. So let's show what the study says. I'm going to read it and I'm going to try to break it down in, you know, very, very simple terms. So it says, Jorge Domingue Andres and colleagues say that while the vaccine has been shown to be up to 95% effective in preventing infection with severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus 2, and subsequent COVID-19, little is known about the broad effects the vaccine may have on the innate and adaptive immune responses. In the current study, the research team from Radboud University Medical Center and Erasmus MC in the Netherlands and the Helmholtz Center for Infection Research, Hanover Medical School, and the University of Bonn in Germany confirmed the efficacy of the BNT162B2 vaccination at inducing effective humoral and cellular immunity against several SARS-CoV-2 variants. However, they also showed that the vaccine altered the production of inflammatory cytokines by innate immune cells following stimulation with both specific SARS-CoV-2 and nonspecific viral, fungal, and bacterial stimuli. Following vaccination, innate immune cells had a reduced response to toll-like receptor 4, TLR7, and TLR8, all ligands that play an important role in the immune response to viral infection. So, what are they saying? They're telling you right now that if you have got this vaccine, it has weakened your immune system's ability to respond to viral infections, to fungal infections, and bacterial infections. Meaning this, if you have been infected with, let's say, chlamydia or gonorrhea in the past, okay, it's not a big deal. Most people who've had chlamydia or gonorrhea or syphilis or any STD will recover and be fine. But if you have changed the ability of the immune system to respond to respond to your bacterial infection or your fungal infection, what's going to happen is you're going to have a cytokine storm. And this cytokine storm is an inflammatory response that happens when you get infected. Now, when you get infected with a cold or flu or a STD or a fever or something of that nature, the inflammatory response is not that serious because your body already has had it before or it's it already knows how to handle it. So it knows how to deal with the bacteria, the fungus, or the virus. Now, what's happening in India, if you guys do not know, I'm going to show you proof of what they're talking about. 
So all we have to do is Google what's happening in India. So we look at we look at India. Just type in black fungus and COVID in India. Now let's read about this. So what is black fungus? And why is it spreading among India's COVID patients? It's called the black fungus and it can be deadly. It's also adding to India's growing COVID-19 woes at the moment. On Sunday, the Indian Council of Medical Research and India's Health Ministry issued an advisory calling for better awareness, screening, and management of mycosis, a rare but dangerous fungal infection. Okay, the symptoms of mycosis are mild at first and can often be missed in the initial stages. Dr. Renat Shuda, an ear, nose, and throat doctor assigned to COVID-19 care at the government-run LG Hospital in Ahmedabad, treated a 35-year-old male patient who recently recovered from COVID-19 after being administered oxygen for a week in the intensive care unit. Several days after recovering from COVID-19, the patient was back, complaining of an intense headache, pain in the sinus area, and the right eye, blurred vision, and swollen cheeks. An endoscopic examination revealed discoloration around the nasal sinuses. The disease progresses rapidly and attacks blood vessels and live tissues. As it kills them, it turns them all black, and that's where the disease gets the name black fungus. In just three days, it can spread to the eyes or the jawbone. In such cases, the only way to stop the spread to the brain is to remove the infected eye or jawbone surgically. Once it spreads to the brain, the fatality rate is over 50%. It's sad to see that people who've gone through the immense stress of COVID now have to deal with this severe disability as well. Okay? So, this is very serious. Okay? Very serious. Okay? This is very similar to HIV. Okay? People that get HIV do not die from HIV. They die from opportunistic infections when their immune system gets weakened, they cannot fight off funguses. They cannot fight off regular bacterial infections like pneumonia. They cannot fight it off. And so now people who have had COVID-19, who have been in hospitals with COVID-19, and people that have been vaccinated have a decreased uh, response from their innate immune system to funguses, viruses, and bacteria, which will increase the fatality because the immune system of all of these people that have gotten the Pfizer shot is now crippled, okay? So what we're going to see is an explosion of deaths and fungal and viral um, bacterial infections over the next year or two, and people are going to die in the same way that people from HIV and AIDS died in large numbers. The same exact thing is playing out with COVID-19, okay? So, um, you know... This is insane. This is really insane. And I'm so happy that this study came out because it came out at the perfect time. Now, let's break down um, these ligands. What are ligands? So, I'm going to try to explain this in very simple terms. So, a ligand is an ion or molecule attached to a metal atom by coordinate bonding. And so... 
ligands play an important role in the immune response via their interactions with receptors, okay, on lymphocytes. So your, your, your white blood cells, those cells that you need to fight infection, they have receptors, okay? And what they do is they augment your immune response through co-stimulatory signaling as is seen during CD28 activation of B and T lymphocytes, okay? So, this mechanism is so key to sustain your health. And when there is a reduced response from these particular receptors, the macrophages and the B cells and the T cells, they cannot fight off infection, even if you have plenty of them. Just like if you had HIV and let's say um, you had a low CD4 count, which is what T cells are. So if you had a low CD4 count and you got pneumonia, it could be fatal for you. So the same thing is happening with COVID, but this is the difference. The difference is you have completely reprogrammed your entire immune system. So every vaccine that a person has got, guess what? You can now get reinfected with chicken pox, um, measles, polio, flus, influenzas that you've had before, stomach viruses that you've had before, uh, fevers and, and things of that nature, um, yellow fever, dengue, Zika virus, um, any disease or any type of sickness that you've ever had, this vaccine has completely destroyed the memory of your cells. So your cells don't remember what that immune response was. And so if you get a cold, it could be fatal. If you get a flu, it could be fatal. If you get an STD, it could be fatal. If you get anything, it could be fatal. So people don't understand how serious this has become. With all of these vaccinated people, they have now crippled their immune systems. And this is worse than having AIDS. Because if you have AIDS, guess what? You have an antiviral. There are so many drugs to treat HIV. So many natural things that you can take where you can rebuild your CD4 cells and your previous infections that you've had, your immune system is not completely reprogrammed just because you've gotten HIV. But in this case, you have completely obliterated the memory of your cells and you have reduced your response from TLR4, TLR7, and TLR8. Okay? So I just wanted to let you guys know what this is really saying. This is very serious. And what's happening in India is about to happen in the United States. And it's going to be very, very ugly. It's going to be very, very ugly. Okay? So, now let's talk again about, remember in that video they mentioned cancer. Now, in immunotherapy, they use TLR7 and TLR8 ligands for the enhancement of cancer immunotherapy. So these toll-like receptors, you know, have become interesting targets to use as standalone immunotherapeutics or vaccine adjuvants for cancer treatment. Okay. So these particular receptors 
contribute to anti-tumor responses. Okay? This is how you stop yourself from getting cancer. These receptors, TLR7 and TLR8. So you see why they brought up cancer in that video that I showed you? Because if you have gotten vaccinated, or even if you've had a COVID infection, you cannot fight off cancer. You cannot mount an immune response to tumors anymore. And so, this is the ultimate attack. The ultimate attack. The ultimate attack. Now people can't fight off bacteria. Now people can't fight off funguses. Black fungus is going to kill so many people in India. Now, let's also continue reading the paper because we're almost done. So it says, Nita and colleagues also found that cytokine responses to fungi were increased following vaccination. The mRNA BNT1262B2 vaccine induces complex functional reprogramming of innate immune responses, which should be considered in the development and use of this new class of vaccines. Okay. The vaccine is based on a lipid nanoparticle formulated nucleoside modified mRNA that encodes the spike protein of SARS-CoV-2. The spike protein is the main structure the virus uses to infect host cells and its receptor binding domain is a primary target of neutralizing antibodies following natural infection or vaccination. Okay, now we're not going to get into this other stuff about, you know, okay, can it, can it, can it fight against the variants and all of that? But this is the key part of the study. So it says here that the long-term effects on innate immune responses. This could be very relevant in COVID-19 in which dysregulated inflammation plays a role in an important role in the pathogenesis, which is how the disease starts and the severity of the disease, writes the team. Multiple studies have shown that long-term innate immune responses can either be trained, or increased, or down-regulated innate immune retolerance after certain vaccines or infections. So that's what they're telling you, that this vaccine will make you more likely to have tumors and cancer. You will not be able to fight off opportunistic infections the same way an AIDS patient cannot do that. And on top of that, um, all of your previous infections will no longer have, and you will no longer be immune from common colds, flus, or, or funguses that you've had before. So even something as simple as a flu can kill you if you have gotten this vaccine, is what they're saying. So um, let me see, what else uh, can we talk about? All right, so it says here, interestingly, BNT162B2 vaccination decreased IFN, um, I think that's beta production, following stimulation with the TLR and TRLR8 against RA48. The TLR7 and TLR8 ligands are key players in the immune response to viral infection. So they're telling you right there, once again, the vaccine completely degrades your key players and how they respond to viruses. Vaccination also decreased production of the pro-inflammatory cytokines, tumor necrosis factor A, 
and interleukin-1b following stimulation with either the standard SARS-CoV-2 or different toe-like receptor ligands. Okay, so it says it decreases the production of pro-inflammatory cytokines. So what are pro-inflammatory cytokines? So a pro-inflammatory cytokine is a type of signaling molecule that is secreted from immune cells like T-cells and macrophages and certain other cell types that promote inflation. Okay? I mean, not inflation, but inflammation. Okay? So, so if you are infected, what they're telling you is that your immune system will not turn on the flame, okay, following stimulation with this strain, because it's going to decrease your cytokine response factors and it's going to decrease your production of TLR7 and TLR8, which is what you need to fight an infection. So not only are you not going to be able to fight the infection, but you're not going to get the immune response that you need to fight new viruses and new pathogens. Now it says, in contrast, responses to the fungal pathogen Candida albicans were higher after vaccination. So what is Candida albicans? So Candida albicans, again, is a opportunistic pathogenic yeast that is a common member of the human gut flora, okay? But it can become pathogenic in immunocompromised individuals under a variety of conditions, okay? Now it says invasive candidiasis contracted in a hospital, contracted in a hospital. So you're in a hospital, you can contract the black fungus if there's mold there, or you can contract this. Okay, if you are in a hospital, even if you're just going for a checkup, because hospitals are breeding grounds for fungus and bacteria and viruses. So what happens is the C. albicans fungus can cross the blood-brain barrier and cause death in the same way that the black fungus is doing in India. So that is why they're telling you right now there was a small response from the tumor cells, I mean the tumor um, receptors, but when there was a fungus introduced, there was a huge cytokine storm, a huge cytokine storm. from Now, a fungus should not cause a huge cytokine storm it shouldn't because that can be deadly so like i said what they're saying is you basically have the immune system that could be worse if not worse than somebody that has aids after this vaccine and possibly after covid19 if you have not been properly treated with ivermectin hydroxychloroquine okay in addition it says the production of the anti-inflammatory cytokine interleukin 1RA was reduced in response to toll-like receptor 4 and C albicans. This also suggests a shift towards increased inflammatory responses to fungi following vaccination. Okay, quote, these results collectively demonstrate that the effects of the BNT162B2 vaccine go beyond the adaptive immune system. Now, why are they talking about the adaptive immune system versus the innate immune system? Now, the adaptive immune system is supposed to be the target of this vaccine. So this vaccine was never supposed to target 
um, your innate immune system, allegedly. But of course, it's going to change your innate immune system because it's altering your DNA. Okay? So the adaptive immune system is also the acquired immune system. Okay? So it's, it's deeper than just your innate immunity. Your innate immunity is which the memory of your body to fight infections, which we know that it reprograms your innate immune responses and it also reprograms your adaptive immune system. So it's reprogramming both. Now your innate immune system is already pre-programmed and the adaptive immune system is highly specific to each particular pathogen the body has encountered. And that is why um, adaptive immunity can provide long-lasting protection sometimes for the person's entire lifetime. Now, the entire concept of vaccination is adaptive immunity. So that, that now they're letting you know that this is more than just adaptive immunity. This is deeper than just your lymphocytes, your B cells, and your T cells. This is different than, okay, just showing your, you know, your pathogen-specific um, issues. Now, pathogen-specific receptors are acquired during the lifetime of the organism, whereas an innate immune pathogen-specific receptors are already encoded in the genome. Key, 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 key. This is key. I'm going to read that again because that is so freaking key. In adaptive immunity, pathogen-specific receptors are acquired during the lifetime of the organism, whereas in innate immunity, pathogen-specific receptors are already encoded in the genome, which is your DNA. So literally, they're saying that it is going beyond the DNA, and it is reprogramming your innate immune responses. Okay? And this is why... It could be maladaptive. Um, it could be mutated. These antibodies can mutate. The gene rearrangement leads to an irreversible change in the DNA of the cell. And therefore, this can cause so many problems. Okay? So, this has been a very interesting podcast. Now, they, they sum it up with this, okay? The researchers say that in combination with strong adaptive immune responses, the reprogramming of innate responses could either contribute to a more balanced inflammatory reaction to SARS-CoV-2 infection or a weakened innate immune response, which is the immune deficiency, okay? So, I just wanted to share this information with you wanted to give you a serious update, have a serious conversation about the research that I've been doing and what these vaccines are really doing. We now have the research, we now have the science, and it's going to continue to come out. All right, so thank you guys for tuning in to the Amin Ra podcast. I hope you enjoyed this, and please subscribe, share this with somebody, make sure somebody else can get this information. This could definitely save somebody's life from getting this vaccine. All right, thank you guys for tuning in, and I will see you in the next show. Peace.